welcome to another episode of Zeno Chat. My name is Tyler, along with my co-host Justin. What's going on, everyone? Okay, and we got uh, some old and new faces today. First up, uh, one of our guests today is Robin. It's White Boy Summer. <laughs> All right, and we also have. You said that so enthusiastically. I know. <laughs> I'm very enthusiastic about White Boy Summer. Oh. And we have Chris. Hi. Okay, and new to the show is Elliot. Welcome. Hello there. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. Exactly. Um, so today's episode is uh what you all uh, voted for in our recent Twitter poll, but Today we're going to talk all about Lao from Xenoblade Chronicles X. Um, before we get into that, though... But first... Yes, since we have a, a new guest, uh, Elliot, would you like to go into your Xeno backstory for us? Uh, yeah, that I will. Um, <laughs> so, interestingly enough, my first uh, Xeno game was actually Xenoblade X. Oh! Um... I Convenient. saw, yeah, I saw an article about it in a Game Informer magazine, and I just, like, thought it looked like the coolest thing ever, and also, I had a Wii U, and the, the Wii U is sorely lacking RPGs, so, when I, um, when I saw Xenoblade X, I kind of freaked out and was like, that looks so cool, and, uh, so I played that, and, um, like, as I was playing it, I, I knew about Shulker and Smash Bros, and so I kind of got into um, playing as him in Smash Bros, and then I saw Xenoblade 2 was coming out for Switch, so I got that and absolutely loved it. And then I bought the, a Wii copy of Xenoblade 1, but didn't get too far because the controls kind of threw me off, but then I finally beat that when Definitive Edition came out. And that was amazing. I haven't played Xenogears or Saga yet, I will say. Um, I, I've seen the anime for Saga, and I've seen a playthrough of Gears. But um, those are definitely on the docket, and I would say I want to play them pretty soon, as soon as I get access to Saga 3, because obviously it's really hard to come by right now. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um yeah. Oh yeah, but, Saga yeah, 3 is insane. Did you hear that, Panhai? <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. You had mentioned um that you knew Shulk and Smash Bros and I'm trying to think to myself like there's probably a whole generation of gamers right now that know Shulk only from Smash Bros that are unironically yeah. saying, "Oh yeah, Shulk from Smash Bros." And they're probably going to start yeah. saying that about Pyra and Mithra too soon. Oh, yeah, I, I remember right. Pyra from Smash. She was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole generation of people that are going to say Cosmos, you know, from Xenoblade 2. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's a shame that Saga 3 is so hard to find. I mean, I was at a game store last week, and they had a copy of Saga 3. It was in really good condition, like, probably one of the better copies that I've seen out there. So I knew it was going to be expensive they didn't have a price on it and i asked them i was like oh how much does that cost and 
The guy's like, all right, let me let me go check. So he takes the game to the back and he's on a computer. And when you're at a game store, you know that when they're when they're doing that, you know it's gonna be bad news. And so oh, he's yeah. there, he's like typing away at a computer, checking prices and probably going on eBay too, and just like he's he's there for a good while. Then he comes back to me, he's just like, Yeah, this is like three hundred bucks. <laughs> I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> I am not about to drop 300 on this. Like it's it's nuts that that's what people are actually paying for this game. And even on eBay, I've seen the prices lately. They've been absolutely bonkers for Xenosaga Three. And I don't even want to know what the lenticular version goes for these days. Oh it's probably gosh. insane. Probably. Ugh. Always regret. But anyone's selling it? Yeah, if anyone's even selling it. I, I really wish there would just be an HD remaster. That would be so convenient. Yeah. We have to beg Bandai nicely. It's been like a year since that whole thing. Maybe now the time has passed so we can start begging again. <laughs> right. It'd be awesome uh... if they just, you know, if Nintendo funded it. Like, I'm sure lots of Nintendo fans would be interested. Yeah, just slap a sticker it's on it. It's got a lot says... of mess behind it, unfortunately. I want to give that. Yeah, just slap a sticker on it that says "From the Creators of Xenoblade Chronicles," and there, there's your advertising. It can be like the Dante <laughs> sticker, but it's featuring Cosmos exactly. from the Two Series. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, you liked Cosmos and Telos in Xenoblade Two. Well, eventually Telos will be in the Xeno in Xenoblade. <laughs> Wait, no, she's from the Project Crossbone series. There we go. Like, mm. You looked Momo in Project Cross Zone. Alright. Well. All right. Shall we move on to the topic of the episode? Indeed yeah. we shall. We're going to be talking about Lao from Xenoblade Cross. Laobong. So, uh, Tyler, you said that this was a poll, right? Like, yeah. that's the one that won? Mm-hmm. Do you remember how many votes were in that poll? Uh, I know it was... How many people voted? I don't remember exactly. I think it was like maybe in the 70s, but. uh, Wow. So Lao has 70 fans. Nice. You guys get 70 votes on your, like, brand Twitter? (laughs) Uh, I mean, we have, like, we have 355 followers, which thank you, everybody, for. For following us, if you want to, or Damn. chat podcast. You guys got three hundred fifty-five followers on your brand Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, we're popular, aren't we? It's more followers than I have on my personal account. Huh? More followers than I have. Shit. Oh, okay. My bad. The total. I want to. I want to say that I want to. <laughs> I definitely want to. I want to say that uh, I have more followers, but then that feels like a sick flex. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Cool, dude. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the the yeah. the, the poll had 110 votes total. Uh, Lao got 38 percent, and the ma- the second place was mascots. Which I guess we'll do a mascot episode one of these days, but today is Laos episode, and he deserves it. He's kind of—I don't want to say the pressing character, but he's a very tragic character. I yes, definitely think that tragic is the right word for that. Which let's—I guess—go oh into a little details oh about him. Um, 
So yeah, Lau. I didn't realize he was 31 years old. Um, but yeah, he served in the U.S. Army, and he was part of the uh, project to basically Project Exodus. Yeah, Project Exodus to basically put everyone on a ship to get the get the heck out of Earth before it got destroyed by the ganglion. But um, so he uh, what um. What section of Blade does he work for? I can't remember. Pathfinder. Yeah, he was a Pathfinder. Pathfinder. Yeah. Yeah, him and him and his friend Doug. They had a good camaraderie. But uh, as we said, he is a very tragic character. Um, The reason being, um, when he left Earth, um, he had a family back on Earth. Uh, he had a wife and a daughter, and when he left, they were not, they did not get to be, get on the, board the ship, so they, they died with the planet. Which, wasn't he promised, like, when he signed up for it, that yeah. they were gonna be safe? So, that like, they, they pretty much just lied to him? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Chris. Oh, I was just saying, yeah. Um, and sadly, that's kind of a thing that happens a lot in real life, too, in the military. Um, mm-hmm. You see a lot of high school students or people who are just trying to make a better life get promised all these things. But that's if you meet a certain requirement. And a lot of people don't meet those requirements, whether because of war injuries or different things. So it's a very, it's tragic, but it's also a very realistic type of story where you really do put your life on the line and he didn't really get anything that he was promised out of it. Which, ouch, a little bit, just uh, a little hurt. Yeah, he he joined, he, at the end, kind of rants about how, like, they just wanted some hope. And they were told, oh yeah, of course, you know, maybe you'll be select. you have a higher chance of getting selected for uh, the people who are going to get saved if you join Project Exodus. And since his other option was definite death, he was like, okay, I'll do that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, But of course, the thing he wasn't told was, no, we already know who we're taking, and it's not you. And I don't even think he found out after he was on the ship. Like... No, he he did not. Ugh. Yeah, they didn't say who was saved until after everybody was already on there, which makes some sense if... One of your recruiting tactics is going to be, hey, you know, maybe it's your family. Like, of course you're not going to start off by saying, it ain't your family. Yeah. Ugh. Right. Wonderful tactics. Yeah. Um, I think we'll go more into that a bit later, so... Oh, well, I guess... I don't know if I should talk about endgame stuff yet. We typically don't have a, a very strict thing. I just... We can talk about that. Yeah, go ahead. You there? What, sorry? Oh, you go... Yeah. I said, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I I didn't know... Are we talking about, um... Talking about endgame stuff quite yet? Or is that a little bit too soon to to get into, like, the ending of X right now? We can be loose. We can be loose. The, The thing I think is more of a guide to make sure we hit points, so... I think if you want to hit on Endgame, that's probably fine. But I will... Oops, okay. Okay. 
Yeah. All right. Yeah, go ahead. So I guess an interesting will... point is, is like, okay. I wonder, are his fan because, you know, the end of the game, um, the uh, human bodies aren't stored in stasis. They're all, their consciousness is stored, like, in the computer, mm-hmm. in the lifehold core. So I'm wondering if his family actually is in there, like, their their consciousness is in the computer. I don't know if that was ever, like, elaborated on or not, but... I don't think so, because when we get the revelation of that, it's right at the end, and they don't really explore it that much. It's kind of just dropped on us that humanity is backed up as a bunch of files. And honestly, they only have a certain percentage of them anyways. They could have been on an entirely different ship. Mm -hmm. Like, it's... I don't know. Sorry, go ahead. I would hope not. Yeah, I have a very strong feeling that it's meant to be tragic, as in there's literally no hope with that. Which yeah, is... and and I know like when he learns about um, the mimeozones and and all that, it's I don't think he's necessarily um, mad because he couldn't find his family. I think it's just more so this is yet another big lie, and he's kind of uncovered that. And I think that's kind of what, like, pushed him over the edge. And Actually, it's like... I'm sorry, go on. No, go on, go on. Um, I was going to say, something, it doesn't directly connect, but it, originally the skulls were called dolls. Um, and that actually kind of plays a little bit here, because he really is kind of just a doll in their plan, being dragged along, being used by them, and that's just yet another thing added to the idea of he's just being used right. this entire time. Nothing. Absolutely right. nothing. Um, um, so the, the way I understood it was that they could store more humans if they basically just kept a backup of their uh, like specific DNA sequences, but that still is a taxing thing on a computer, so while they could hold more people this way, they couldn't hold everybody. And they do say that other ships didn't do this and did just store people's physical bodies, but they couldn't hold as many people, obviously. So that was why the white whale worked the way it did. So that was my my understanding was that like the white whale didn't get uh, Charmaine and uh, Chenshi are his wife and child. I do they clarify which one's Charmaine and which one's Chenshi? I think Chenshi's the daughter, if I remember correctly. Yeah, okay, I think so too. Okay, that's what I thought, but I couldn't remember if that was clarified. Uh, so they, my my understanding was that they did not have those sequences saved. Uh, as far as the mimeosome bit, um, the the lie wasn't the mimeosome. Everybody knew that they were given a mimeosome. The lie was that they thought that their physical bodies were on the life hold, and that's not true. And that's not true. They can get them back in exactly. Yeah, well, that they thought was true. That wasn't a lie. That was just whoopsie doopsie. This got flooded. Um. So. Well, even so, then, they were still under the impression that their body itself was there, so they could get back into it. Yes. Compared to yeah, that, and that's yeah. Sorry. Well, the original thought was they were basically going to 3D print them new bodies from their DNA sequences and their consciousness, but 
uh, the lie was that they said, no, it's your, it's your actual, the body you left is still there, it's good, we've got it in a tube, and we'll just dispense that from our giant Pez dispenser of bodies, and there you go. Uh, they didn't say, no, you, we gotta 3D print you a new one, buddy. Uh, that was the lie, that was, as opposed to the Mimia's own thing, just to, just to clarify. Because it was shopping to Elma when she realizes that Rookie doesn't know that he's that they're a they're a man. Which that ties into its own thing, but we probably don't want to dive into that spoiler. So we've already discussed that. This is going to be a spoiler podcast. All of our episodes are spoiler uh, podcasts, really. Yeah, this mostly just because J bodies are an entirely different topic. Well, J bodies aren't those specific to. Uh, uh, Yelp storyline. Oh, Yelp episode? Alright, let's go. <laughs> okay, I'd love a Yelp episode. Do you understand how long I have been yelling at people to finish his storyline? I would kind of love that, too. You mean you've been it, the, yelving at uh, them? I've been yelving for quite a while because I wanted to fucking talk about this and nobody fucking finished it. Uh, but actually, as far as content warning for episode, obviously, huge spoilers for Cross. Uh, we're also going to be talking about suicide. So if either of those topics makes you uncomfortable, maybe skip this one. Also, maybe some existentialism? Every episode about Zeno is existentialism. I'm not giving a warning for that one. Good point. That's a very good point. Okay. <laughs> well, at least they listen long enough to give us the view. <laughs> Thank you for your view, idiot. Now leave. No, 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 no. You're precious. Please stay. Oh, they left before the spicy parts. Oh, please stay. If this, if this is content that you can handle, please stay. But if it isn't, we understand and we love you. But to bring it, but to bring it back, um, should we also talk about the white whale itself and how um, people were selected to board yes, the white absolutely. whale? Absolutely. Yes, I think that's important mm-hmm. to establish. Yeah. If you would like to, Justin. They say, is the Wyma host? Okay. <laughs> well, basically, <laughs> it, it's, um, I'm pretty sure it was either heavily implied, if not straight up stated, that uh, they obviously prioritized the wealthy when it came yep. to getting people on the white whale. And there's a note in here talking about how that kind of mirrors the class divide and that's kind of something that hits a bit close to home in our world today because of COVID-19 and how there's obvious wealth divide between different classes and people who are able to get treatment, people who are not able to get treatment. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, yeah, so it's, it's an oddly realistic scenario that, of course, the wealthy are going to get special treatment here and the poor are kind of getting are going to get left behind. Um, I believe it's implied that, like, Lao wasn't exactly a wealthy person. So, like, his family, they kind of got screwed in this. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it, it is definitely a story that, uh, I think a lot of people can relate to. I know Cosmos had a lot to say about it. Chris had a lot to say about that, this story in particular. Do you have any yeah. other comments for that? But I was going to say, they definitely picked a very good story to tell in an American-centric game, because mm-hmm. um, they could have gone for something very dull and very pro-U.S. military, freedom-focused. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially because it is, again, the U.S. military. But no, they really hammered it in just how wealth and class play such a huge part in the prioritization of humanity. 
Um, and how if you don't fit into that and you do not provide something, you are useless and you really can just be thrown to the side. Like I mentioned earlier, um, a lot of veterans will join with promises of scholarships or um, benefits for their family, and then something can happen. Um, They may have a mental health crisis and be discharged. They may have an injury and have to leave the military. Um, Or there are people who go in for the full 20 years and they just do not receive benefits and get completely neglected. One of the highest populations for homelessness is veterans. Um, One of the highest populations for mental health issues are veterans, and they're usually untreated veterans. So I don't know. Um, I At first, a few years ago when I first played this game, I thought it was kind of not fringy, but it was like, oh, it's a, it's in America. I don't play my games to be in America. And then someone on Twitter replied to that whole mentioning that. And I was like, wait, that's a really good point. This is really an anti-capitalist narrative in a game about American imperialism, where you have this group of humans who are fighting for survival, but at the same time, go to an alien planet. And the first thing they do is colonize and murder the indigenous life for their survival on said planet and then start mining oil. I don't think that was an accident. Um, so, I don't know. It's it's very interesting parallel to a lot of things that we have in life. And Zeno has done that, but I think especially this game, a lot of that death comes from the nuance rather than what we see directly in front of us because the story is lacking. Themes there is definitely, definitely worth going into. And I don't know, I really appreciate looking at it, you know, that they uh, made the game with that point of view in mind. I think part of it has to do is that, obviously, the game was not made in America. I think, you know, if it was made by uh, an American, like, dev team or studio, that it, you know, they may not have been willing to portray, like, the government and... um just like Lao, Lao's arc in general, like that, that might not even have existed if, if the game were, you know, created in the U.S. Just so you're saying that like Xenoblade Cross kind of benefits from not being made by Americans because you kind of get like an outsider perspective mm-hmm. on our issues. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Especially because, I mean, Takahashi's always had a very anti-war perspective on things anyways. And coming from Japan, Japan is also a very imperialist country historically, like the U.S. Um, So it's a different perspective without that bias. But at the same time, a lot of those powers are in play over there as well. So you can apply a lot of what you see to that. So I think on one hand, not being made in the U.S. does make it so that they're able to get away with that a lot more. But I think it still applies to their experience as well. So that's mm-hmm. probably part of the reason it worked so well. Um, but also, I'm honestly surprised Nintendo let something like this slide. Um, especially with how rigorous the censorship was. I'm surprised a lot of that wasn't changed in some way. But maybe it's Blade. It's not the U.S. government. It's Blade. Blade is the one that's bad. So maybe that's why. But Right. They make it pretty clear that it... I mean, it's called New L.A. Like... Yeah. They don't hide it very well. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be too surprised if that came out now, but I guess with it, you know, it came out in the Wii U era, so. Yeah, it was 2015. That's pretty wild for back then. Yeah, because Nintendo then was, like, censoring everything. Now, not so much, but I I definitely agree with you that it is kind kind of amazing that 
they let that slide. The only thing they didn't let slide in this game were certain outfits. Oh, oh I thought you were going to say the boob slider. I, I thought like, you were going to say that. Too. Oh, shit. That would have <laughs> been so good. The only thing they didn't Why let didn't slide was the boob slider. I, I held back. That the boob slider, that's the obvious But target, it would have been though. a much funnier pun. Put the pun on. <laughs> hey, I made up for it by calling. <laughs> Let's see here. Yeah, so, I don't know. It's a story that... I don't think in 2015 resonated as well with such a wide audience in the same way. But I definitely think now, like Justin was saying, after COVID in the past year and just especially like with stuff with vaccines and prioritization of distribution, it resonates a lot stronger nowadays. I think it's aged like fine wine. Um, mm. Yeah. Which is why we, it's exactly we why need we need a switch port. Yeah, exactly. Give I mean, we point. need we need a Switch port, and we also need a version of this game that spends more time exploring some of these themes mm-hmm. outside of the side quests. The extent to which we need a sequel to this game is just like, oof, like. This is just or give us like a give us like a future connected for Xenoblade Cross. I think that'd be kind of cool. That even if be, it means yeah. that we don't get a full second game, if we get some sort of conclusion, even if it's just an epilogue, I would take it. But honestly, yeah. I don't even think they need to like change the story. Just make some of the quests that explore that story stuff. Make it part of the story. Make them require quests. I, agree. I definitely agree with that. Because I'm sorry, this is a rant. We're not even talking about this, but this is why I never <laughs> use WoW. Grinding Affinity in X is a pain, and I just wanted to progress through the story, which is not the point of the game. I know that now. I have matured. I have changed. But it annoyed the ever-loving crap out of me then. So I honestly didn't know WoW very well until, like I said, when that poll happened. Because it just wasn't worth the work of getting to there. Wait, hold on. I'm sorry. Who added in the notes, Tyler is a fluffy baby? You know, I, uh, I saw that and I didn't want to say it out loud. So now you said it out loud. You guys, you know I can't <laughs> see the so notes. <laughs> that that was exactly me. why I added that. I was I wondering that. about that. Gosh. Oh man, I just figured we were all politely glossing over that. No, I added oh, that. Robin. Oh my gosh. No, because when Tyler said he couldn't see any updates, I just added that. Oh. <laughs> You're welcome. Damn it, bro. Uh, and excuse you, it didn't say fluffy. It says fluffy. And then it does say uwu at the end, if you could just uwu. repeat that, sir. Got... I'm good, thank Sorry. you. Oh. oh my gosh. Oh my god. Well, it's in an episode now. I think that covers the history pretty well, though. That's, that's our outtake. Yeah, yep, yeah that, that, that covers kind of like the background for what drives Lao. Uh, we can get into that in a second, but that's kind of like what's been going on that kind of uh, brought Lao to be why he is the person he is. Um, yeah. Also, a bit of a political warning. This is the light, spicy stuff, so now y'all... Oh my god, you are throwing politics in my podcast. How (laughs) dare you? We are going to lose so many subscribers now. All the angry letters. I hope you're ready for that, Tyler. (laughs) Well, I'll be glad to finally get email. (laughs) The first email we get is complaining about politics in our podcast. That is beautiful. (laughs) <laughs> Glad to help. Are we ready to talk about the fate of Lao? 
Yes. We're going to talk about that while I'm making flower beds in Animal Crossing, so let's go. <sighs> yes. Alright, so, okay. Yes. So we've been through the backstory of Lau, but um, one of the, the big things that happened with him, well, uh, he actually basically betrays humanity. I mean, he does betray humanity by siding with the ganglion. Um, yeah. Which I kind of spoiled this for myself when I was looking through the player's guide one day, and um, mm. that was my fault. I was looking through the list of enemies, and... Uh, you saw he was a boss? Uh, yeah, and yeah. I was like, uh, something happens with him. But, um, yeah, that, <laughs> that happens. Now, his reasoning to side with the gang on, is it purely out of revenge for how the basically uh US government dealt with his family or cuz I don't think he th saw any way to did, did he see a way of possibly reuniting with his family at all No, I think he was just completely running on spite at that point. Mm -hmm. Like you can even tell in some of the heart to hearts and stuff they talk about how kind of depressed he's been and just not really himself and I think by that point, he's just so done with it that he's just willing to do whatever he can to get back at them. All the lies and everything, just no more. Yeah, in his uh, affinity mission, his uh, squadron talks about how, like, it, right now he's running around and, like, does not sit still for a moment, but before, when they initially came to Mira, he basically was just too depressed to do anything. So they're happy to see him moving, at least. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're like, we don't really know what's driving him anymore, but we're just so happy that he's moving. Uh, Which, so, yeah. Yeah. And of course, like, you then find out the reason he's been a bit elusive, even in his own affinity mission, is he's been helping out the ganglions. And yeah, it is basically a spite thing that he's like, well, if you guys get to choose who lives and dies, I get to choose who lives and dies. And I think we probably should have just stayed on Earth and died. We messed everything up, we were terrible people, we colonized everything, and then we just decided to arbitrarily use wealth and status as a means of deciding who lives and dies, so I'm just going to use me as a means, and it's nobody lives. Actually, about that, there's a quote that I kind of wanted to point out from him. Um, of course. He said exactly what you said, where even a world away, human behavior never changes. We take what the world, we take what we need from the world around us and damn the consequences. Look at us. We land on a pristine planet and what's the first thing we do? Claim it, colonize it, and start exterminating the local wildlife. And yet, I wonder if we should just stay to have Earth to the bitter end. So even, that's, I think, a it's his last heart to heart, but I think you can do it way before he goes off. Um, he's already just thinking that it's just pointless. We should have just died with them. Because um, it's not like they did anything better once they left. At least to his perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and basically what, in any sense, quote-unquote, redeems him, like, I, I, they, they do leave it very ambiguous who's right or wrong between Elma and Lau, it's very much like you can see the good and bad in either decision. Mm -hmm. um, but the, ultimately what, what causes Lau to more lean towards Elma's side is 
her and and Lynn pointing out like you're just doing the same thing that the people upstairs did. You're deciding who lives and dies, and it shouldn't be you any more than it should have been anyone else. So that is a thing, and that's why he uh, gives the data of a use that I'm trying to remember. The Y data. <laughs> yes, he gives the Y data back to Gothmomo. And then Gothmomo and Girl Chaos can go into the life hold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. That sounds legit. Honestly, uh, a lot of people before any of the name drops were just calling Lynn Gothmomo. <laughs> okay. I don't actually know if anybody was calling Elma I, really, Girl really? Chaos. I was. I was gonna ask, like, are, are you referring to to Lynn as Gothmomo? Because she's the only one I mm-hmm. thought could fit the description. But... Yeah. yeah. I don't um, think I've ever heard anybody call Lynn that. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, before her of... name was revealed. Speaking of Lynn, uh, I know, like, Lynn and Lau apparently have, like, Somewhat of a history together. Yeah. Did they ever like talk about how they met? I don't know if they had too much history, but it's because it always because like from what I remember in the game, Lin always seemed to be the one who knew the most about Lao, and like it seemed to imply like they might have had a history together, or I don't know, like they knew each other on Earth. So I was always curious, like if the game ever expanded on that, and I don't remember if the game did. I don't recall it. I don't know if maybe there was, like, a heart-to-heart I missed that did so and expanded on it. None of the heart-to-hearts do, I can tell you that. I watched those before this, so. Okay. Wasn't it just that, um, wasn't it just that they both lost people close to them, and so they kind of bonded over that? This is Yeah, I thought it was that. There's short stories on the side, and one of them is about Lynn building skulls, and I don't remember the details. It's been like two years since I've read this, but I think, I think it was that their parents knew, or that Lau knew her parents, and he had been around her a bit as a kid. Um, She's but, still a kid. Well, a kid, kid, like a tiny, <laughs> a wee one. A wee one. Um, yes. But no. Um, I'm there. It's interesting. The game doesn't go that much into it besides that heart to heart. And that's kind of an issue with a lot of the things is some of that nuance isn't there, which it probably should have been, especially with Lao. But I think it pays off later on anyways with a certain scene. But we'll talk about that later. Right. I I was going to say there's a point here about um, Lao viewing death as a possible reunion with his family and then he does have a quote about how even if he dies, he'll wake up in a in a new man, which I found confusing because there's an NPC that says, oh, yeah, if anybody kills themselves, they just leave them dead, which the government says, oh, that's out of respect for their wishes, but really it's just a matter of resources. So that's confusing to me. Yeah. Well, then, okay, so even about that, we since we've already talked about the end, at the end, he wakes up in a new body, but it's not like he's waking up at a lab. He washes up mm. on a beach. It's not like a mem could have just been delivered there. So what? what's going on there, even? like, Yeah, but that's a thing that he could not have foreseen, whereas... Oh, no, yeah. He just 
the yeah. trap, the hammering in that he doesn't get to escape is what I'm hanging, is what I'm going for. Because, like, yeah, he already that thought is... that. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you can go ahead. I oh, can, no, I, I kind of you off. Like, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, yeah, no, that is interesting because I don't remember exactly, but didn't they say they can't create any new MIMS? They can repair MIMS? I think that they basically said it's like a resource thing with regards to new MIMS, which is why, like, when a person. It's also unclear because it seems like, like, when the person's MIM dies, their consciousness is in fact dead, so. There's this whole, like, attitude originally of, oh, it's really sad that Bob died, but fortunately once we find the life hold, Bob can come back, and then it becomes a bit more, oh, Bob can't come back. This doesn't work the way we thought it did. Yeah, and right. that's, yeah, yeah, and that's the thing, because at the end we find out that, like, the data storage where everyone's basically consciousness is stored has been destroyed, so how did, how did... Lao come back, or it almost reminded me of the beach right. from like the Xenosaga games, um, in a way. But yeah, but there's not enough information to know what that beach is or where it is exactly. Gee, it sure would be nice if we had a sequel to Xenoblade Chronicles X on Wii <laughs> to answer these questions. Wow. Uh, and then there was that mysterious figure that. But yeah, it's. I don't remember if they make it clear that people can't come back before or after the flooding part. Like, I can't remember if that's a thing where they already. Or, like. Like, people in Elma and Lao's status where they know that people can't come back, or if it's a, oh shit, it's flooded, they can't come back. I don't remember which point it is. I think they do, because they also make a really big deal about how worried they were for the main character, because they thought that they could possibly be lost. Uh, but they don't really elaborate much on it until after you get the end cutscene, and then you get into that post-game content with the extra context. Right, right. Well, it would sure be a shame if somebody made a sequel. <laughs> mm. Reminds me when Xenoblade 2 was announced, I was like, so confused because Xenoblade 1 was a finished game. Like, I didn't end up with more questions. And I'm like, did you mean to say Cross 2? Right. Did you mean to say a completely unrelated game? I think a lot of us expected the sequel to be closer to Cross. Uh, no hatred to 2. To, to, it was Xenoblade 2 is a good game. Yeah, yeah. 2 definitely proves its work, oh, but at the time, game. I was just like, why does this exist? Of all the things, yeah, exactly. Been- I was like, why? Like, this didn't need a sequel. It was done. We were done here. And they proved we we finished. We finished. Okay. Yeah. Yep. We can talk about that more when we do more Xenoblade Two episodes. I know we got a couple in the pop- mm-hmm. pipeline, so stay tuned yeah, for that. Every episode. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I'll, I did I'll find be- it. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I. I mean. I know we we're kind of going back to the topic, but I just wanted to say, like, I'll be honest, I actually would way rather prefer getting a Xenoblade Cross 2 to Xenoblade 3 at the moment. And just, you say, yeah. just yes. because, like, I mean, we have, like, so many unanswered questions. They literally, the final scene in the game is a cliffhanger. And, like, Xenoblade 1 and 2 are kind of 
wrapped up nicely. I mean, Future Connected opened more, you know, more questions, but it still overall is way more wrapped up than X. Mm-hmm. I yeah. just... I think they have the ability that any sequel to Xenoblade can be its own thing and justify its worth, but of right. the things to focus on right now, they've left Xenoblade X like a crying child in Macy's clothing section. Um, <laughs> they need to come grab their child, collaborate on it, and move on. Right. It's time. It's been, what has it been? Six years? It's it's time. I'm happy with what we've gotten since, but it's please focus on it. Please. Oh, it is, is so crazy to think that it's been six years since Xenoblade Cross came out. Only six. Oh, no, God. I was a freshman in college, so it really frames a lot. Ooh. I was... It, it's been a year since I graduated. I graduated in 2014. And yeah, uh, Cross came out in 2015. Jeez. Oh my goodness. What the f- I don't I, even remember what I was doing. I was, I was 13 when Cross came out. I didn't play it until uh, I was 14, though, so... I remember I convinced a coworker to pick up Xenoblade Cross at the time, <laughs> and that was kind of cool. We got to like talk about it every day at work for a bit. That's cool. Tyler, you and I need to retire. We're too old. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, Grandpa. Yeah, yeah, we're too old for this. Uh, All right. So moving back to. Right. But it again, it is interesting. Uh-huh. All right. No, you go on. No, go go. Just, I was gonna go back to the whole him being a person where I guess he at least believes that they put him in another Mimeozone when, again, the standard theory is if person dies, they stay dead. Even if, like, theoretically they could be revived later once we get the life hold. It's just weird that he's like, nope, can't. My Discord cut out a while ago, and I don't know if you guys heard me or not, but I was uh, bringing up... um, Oh no. Yelv again. Um because it's yes. it's pretty much implied that he has had or has multiple bodies, is that right? Or multiple bodies with the same consciousness? I'm not certain how that works. It's since he's a J body, it's just implied that he's made for mass production, right? They give you goddamn nothing with Yelv. I have watched and rewatched. Wow, what a wonderful opportunity for a sequel! No! It, well, yes, a sequel, yes. I thought you were going to say episode, and I was going to say no, because there's not even enough for that. Like, I... Mm. Sorry, I was just going to say, like, like, if that I, is the case, how does mm. Yelv get multiple bodies with his same consciousness? Or... Because it sounds like he gets kind of his memory wiped a bit so well, I, don't, I don't know never mind what it what it could be is like one of the core components that's like the humanity of them is so rare but since they're artificial maybe that part isn't needed so they're still able to create them at mass oh what okay. i remember of yell story is basically like they were trying to make an artificial person and the way that our Yelv works is that they created this fake anchor of his partner that he's obsessed with finding and that allows him to sort of branch out and be more of a a fake person like that's what allows him to at all bond with with Rook Uh, because 
they say he doesn't really talk to people. He basically talks to Eleonora and the player character, and that's it. And so that's why they had to like make the the fake anchor of his dead partner. Is it kind kind of a little off topic, but was it confirmed that the player character is a J body as well, or was it just implied? Wrongly, no, I don't think they confirmed anything. Yeah, they, yeah, there's nothing confirmed about the player character. Mm-hmm. Okay, which is simultaneously nice and frustrating from the standpoint of most Xeno games, where you're like, I thought I was the super special baby. And you're told, no, you're whatever you want to be. If you want to be the least special baby, you get to be that. Yeah. I kind of, I don't know, I kind of like the idea that just, like, your player character doesn't matter as much compared to, like, Alma, with her being the main character. I, I think that was just really interesting. I'm not sure if I've ever played a game where, like, your guy kind of takes a back seat compared to, you know, someone else. It was kind of a cool... A cool change of pace for me, at least. I personally didn't mind it, but I know that that was a reason that it was a very hard sell for me for one of my coworkers. Like I was trying to be like, "No, this game's really cool. It's really fun. You could play it on your Wii U. You know that system that's basically a, a paperweight. Hey, here's a game for you." And he's like, "Uh, no, I only want to play it if I get to be the most special boy." And I'm like, "Well, you know, you could pretend." Right. <laughs> I think another thing, and that's kind of the detriment of its own game design, is when you don't have a set character to bond with, you don't really get that same story impact, but that kind of ties into the J-Body theory, is I think that actually works really well thematically if they are in fact one, because it makes sense they don't have much personality or much stake in the things, because they're a very blank slate, so. Yeah, and then it's even easier to, like, literally project yourself into the game, like, okay, I am this this character now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I gotta be honest, when I played the game, um, I actually just, like, played as myself. I straight up, I straight up named my character Justin, and many of the dialogue choices were very similar to what I was thinking in the moment, so I felt like the game actually did a pretty good job at giving you, like, good variety and making you feel like you could project yourself into the character. Yeah. Some of those dialogue options are hilarious. Some of them really were. Yes. Yes. Like, this game doesn't get enough credit for that. I know everyone likes to, like, the bash and be like, oh, you don't get an actual character. It's just, it's just a creative character, whatever. They're bland. But, like, the dialogue options were really good in this. Oh, for sure. People talk a lot of trash about the localization, but a lot of those choices had a lot of personality as well. Yeah. Oh, wait, this is a Lao episode. (laughs) <laughs> yeah what i thought this was just our general like things that we missed in the yeah but um well i guess there's so like oh no you go on you go ahead no no you go ahead so all right at the end of the game like i don't think we don't really get any context for how lao ended up there and there's that black knight character do we know, did he just, like, after after the end, did he just revert back to, like, his original self? Or is that, like, a new, like, 3D-printed body? Or is it back a to his thing Or in a sequel to Xenoblade Chronicles X. They left so many things that are just like, wait, what? Wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> and that's one of them. 
Yeah, because during the fight with Lau, because he's one one of the final bosses, he kind of becomes this mixed right. chimera of different things. But then after he dies, quote unquote, that that's when he yeah he ends up on that beach and he looks human again. So yeah, that's a very good question. Yeah, because I'm just wondering, like, did he after being like part of the chimera, did he just revert back to himself? Or is that a new body? Yeah, it's... Nope, no one... Could be. <laughs> uh, I guess what we could say, that? as opposed to... Yeah, I was gonna say we could just project theories here. Or and some of like... them I don't want to get into because they're saga spoilers, but I do think that maybe it has a oh, lot okay, to do here. with... Uh, huh? I was gonna say, okay, here, here we go. Uh, spoilers for Saga, go. Oh. Oh no! Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I don't. You can say whatever you want. Elliot still has to play the game. Um, oh shit! But I think there's a lot oh, of related. I forgot about to... that part. There's this concept that's introduced in the latter half of the game, and anyone who's played this will know what I'm talking about. Um, of reincarnation or trapping of the soul, um, along with, and this part I can talk about gnosis, which are like monsters that. We find out early on that they're what's a good description for this? I'm sorry, they're a very they're a very metaphysical concept. They're humanities I'm sorry, what? I was gonna say I don't think that's actually that early on, I say, as a person who's rewatching the game right now. Well, okay. Well basically I think I think it's a bit more complex than their thoughts are just data and that they just disappear. And I think that a sequel can elaborate that on that pretty well. But I also don't think I can discuss this without spoiling the game for you. So we can leave that for later. Uh, well, I mean, if it makes you feel any better, you can elaborate a little more because I have, I mean, I'm, I'm not spoiled for like everything, but I do know like the general story of Saga because before I had access to, you know, any of them, I have one and two now. But before I had access to any of them, I was very interested and, in, like, would watch, like, lore videos and read lore stuff. So okay. I know, like, like, lots of the concepts. It's just kind of, like, the specifics of, like, how how everything all... happens. How does it all happen? Oh, okay. All right. Then, yeah, we can talk about this conceptually. If that's the case, then there's... Lao getting stuck in his emotions and then transforming into some monster is interesting alongside him waking up on a beach. Um, cause we see that a lot and do we see the beach a lot? I may be misremembering that, but the uh, we do literally of, see that in the first game with Karankov. Yes. Yeah, that's what I was mostly referencing. I just couldn't remember if it was more than once or anything. Um, but we I think it's see the beach later on with Joachim, but I don't remember. Yeah. But no, I think that could be a very purposeful mirror. It could be absolutely nothing. Um, it could be, like, literally nothing. But um, these are things that I'm hoping, especially since they did go back to their sci-fi roots and a little bit more Saga-inspired, maybe a sequel would elaborate on that. Maybe we would actually get some answers um, just in regards to human consciousness and... This whole new thing, because, you know, there's something about this planet, and we just have no answers. Yeah, that's just pretty much the answer to everything in that game. There's just something about this planet. <laughs> there's a key we lost, and there's something about this planet. That's all we know. 
Which honestly is, is kind of fun from, like, the fanfiction point of view of, like, look, they basically said whatever you want to say, it, that's canon now, because we're not going to touch it. Mm-hmm. But it's frustrating from the, I actually wanted to just sink my teeth in a nice, juicy lore sandwich. And you have decided to instead tell me to go try the fanfiction buffet, and I'm not ready for that. Even if See, it was something as, just... no, go ahead. as simple as just, like, you know, including, like, a data log in the game where you could, like, even if, if it was something lazy like that where they didn't implement it in the game itself, but you could just go and, like, read more about some of the lore, kind of like uh, like Final Fantasy thirteen, I guess. Where it's like, even if they didn't explain it in the game, I would have just been even satisfied with, like, a data log for X. that's the weird thing. X technically does have something like that. Because the bestiary actually does hint at some potential story bits for the future, but it doesn't elaborate anything for the game that we have. It's more so theory fuel, and of all the games to use one, I feel like X really could have used the database to explain some of these concepts. Yeah. But I also think it was just, I think they had a sequel and they were going to do a sequel fast and Nintendo was like, mm, let's not do that. Because it didn't sell horribly, but it didn't sell well either, if I remember correctly. Yeah, well, it was on the Wii U. Yeah, that's a little, it's a little unfair to hold it to, you know, hold it to such yeah. high standards when it was on a failing console. Yeah, though I do recall, like, initial sales actually weren't that bad. Yeah. It's a game where it kind of takes a bit of effort to get into and love. Yeah, I don't, I, mean, I don't remember the actual numbers, but I remember at the time um, there being some articles of, like, Zelda Cross, like, doing somewhat okay, considering it was on the Wii U. Well, yeah, it's on the Wii U, but not only that, it's also, even for an RP, like a JRPG, it's a very niche right. game. Like... It's I did feel like Cross got more exposure than the original game did. Yeah, didn't it? I thought at, I heard that time. it sold more than the original game, but I'm just saying like the Wii U sales. But I think I remember I mean reading that as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like obviously, like everybody, a lot of people knows that Blade One on the Wii nowadays, but like in its time, not so much. Right. We literally had to yeah, find Yeah, I found here. out that Xenoblade 1 was out in the U.S. Like, through an accident. Yeah, because from what I remember at the very least, and I could be wrong, and those of you who think I'm wrong or know I'm wrong, please let us know in our in our email. Um, I remember oh, a lot of like the sales for the original game were from pre-orders. There wasn't as many. Uh, the initial run, there weren't too many people who are buying the game just like because they stumbled upon it in GameStop. It was people who knew about Operation Rainfall, knew about Xenoblade from the Japanese and European release and pre-ordered the game. And then later on, there's there that weird controversy where they got a reprint and GameStop was opening them up and then selling them at like a higher price. That, that was fun, but that's one of the wildest stories to come out of that whole situation, to be honest. Yeah, yeah it was like Xenoblade, and I think they did it for Metroid Prime Trilogy as well, but yeah. That's ridiculous. So, uh, I feel bad bringing this up when uh, she's not on the chat, but uh, a theory that Feeney had about, uh, or not, maybe not theory, but a, a idea Feeney had about the player character with um, Cross was 
that they were basically the wave existence kind of trying to manifest themselves as an actual person to interact with people. Ooh. And I bring that up as just a, like, hey, wouldn't that be a cool other way of, like, pulling this all in and pulling all of the things together in a nice thematically related way? Because I'm, I'm very against trying to make all of the games work in one universe. Like, just... I mean, without like, spoiling Xenoblade 2, the next game they made after X did explore the concept of beings being created from the collective unconscious, so I wouldn't rule that out as a possibility. Yeah. No, I, I think it could be that, and, like, I think that would have been an int- that It just seems like such an interesting avenue of, like, oh, that explains so much. That works well with the planet. That This allows a lot of explanation. Yeah. And... Also allows for like a character like Lao that the character the player character has a connection with being like no you're not allowed to die I love you too much hmm. as opposed to you know Bob Bob the NPC who dies <laughs> you're like okay bye Bob I don't know you bye but it's it's also tragic how Lao is like oh I'm dead I can finally be with my family and then the planet's like ha 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 fuck you well then even so. There's that scene where he dies at the end, but before that, when they're fighting in Caldros, I think is the name of it? Um, yeah, Caldros. And he's basically just, he's trying to let them leave him for dead, and Lin is trying to help him. Alma knows that it's basically a lost cause, but she's still trying, and it's a really cute scene that we can dive into the rest later on, but... During that, as he's talking about reuniting with his family, you actually see the Ares just locked in the corner of the screen, staring down at him as he's looking towards the heavens. And it's just a very interesting example of him just being trapped. How he can't escape not only what he's done, not only what he's gotten himself stuck in, but also that's technology created by them. It's very good amalgamation of everything that's been going on. Um... And I found that really cool. I actually, that's one of the more cinematic scenes in the game, which we don't get a lot of, actually. So that was really cool. Yeah, that's just a very... Okay, hi, hi phone, be on the floor and startle me, that's fine. Um, but yeah, that was just a very tragic character in his whole arc of... He, yeah. Alcohol's getting to me, thoughts aren't going so easy. <laughs> fine. So... So I know we spoke a lot about like him as a character and his motivations, but have any of you really used him in your parties? No. Not no. Like, no, not, not really. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I got, um, when I was playing through the game, I remember getting hit with a, you must have Lao at this affinity to progress with the story. And um, mm-hmm. and then I was like, oh crap, I guess this guy's important. So I just kind of grinded with him for a little bit. And then um, and then once I progressed with the story, I, I didn't really like how his character played. So I, I didn't really keep using him after that. I love his character, but I don't really like his moveset and his arts. So I kind of just didn't use him anymore after getting to the max affinity or whatever. I think he's one of the only characters in the series to ever use a spear, which I was like, that is cool, but 
he just wasn't fun to play. I don't know. Yeah. It's honestly been so long, I don't really remember using him that much. Either. It's kind of sad none of us <laughs> like playing as him. <laughs> what a wonderful Fine. thing. Poor guy. Well, how did there we... There so many other characters, and I was just like, I'm going to play all the well, how did you all fare fighting against him? Because I remember that fight against him was kind of difficult. <laughs> it's I been six years and I've never beat the game, so... <laughs> yeah, I, I remember I remember he was pretty hard. Actually, like, quite a few of the later bosses in that game were really, really, really challenging. Yes. There, there's definitely... I feel like there's a huge difficulty spike in that game. In I that, agree. Like, like, it just hits you out of nowhere, and unless you've been doing, like, tons of side quests and just grinding beforehand, mm-hmm. like, you're kind of screwed over when you when you get to that point. That's another big reason I really wish a lot of that side content was required in some linear fashion, because the game expects you to have done it in the way that it scales everything, but then it's coming after the first game, which is a linear story game that you can progress through without doing any side quests. And in this, they just let you do whatever you want, make it to the ends, and you may not have done any of that. Which, that was me. The only side content I did was getting a skull. Um, <laughs> and it didn't help a lot of it, and it especially didn't help his character. Because um, it just made me not take any of it in at the time. I, I could really do for like a full like playthrough, just replaying the game and like reimmersing myself in it. Um, because I'll, I'll admit, I'm definitely pretty rusty. I also think it's kind of funny. I mean, this isn't technically in Xenoblade Cross, but I also think it's kind of funny how Lau is a spirit in Smash Ultimate. Yes. And yeah. Yeah, he's, you, when you fight that spirit, you're fighting Snake. Which is kind of <laughs> funny. <laughs> he's also, funny. like, I think he's like a novice, too. He's not even like a high-ranked spirit. Okay, yeah. but that's actually really fitting for one specific reason, and it's a very spicy reason. They both have a very nice ass, and it's a very similar-looking <laughs> ass, so it works. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Oh, man. <laughs> Do you think that's what the devs were thinking of? <laughs> I, Sakurai, Sakurai's like, looking at them like, Snake and Lama have similar butts. That's what we gotta do. <laughs> Not gonna lie, yeah. <laughs> During certain cutscenes where it would linger, I'd be like, okay, they're showing us his butt on purpose. You would take screenshots of his butt? I, I mean... You would take oh, screenshots of his butt. On Twitter. I've definitely done that. <laughs> well, that's gonna Stop be... projecting what you did onto everybody, jeez. Well, that's Shush! Gonna, well, that's gonna be the picture of this episode, Lyle's butt. Maybe. I'll think about there it. There you go. We should add, like, <laughs> oh Instagram goodness. filters with stickers and everything on it. <laughs> Man, this is a wild <laughs> episode. We're getting political. <laughs> We're talking about... My, uh, um, well, uh, Did we even talk about Dixon's butt in this episode? I don't think so. What? Nope. <laughs> so, Lau gets Sorry, special treatment. <laughs> we need a Dixon butt episode now. Yep. Way to go, Lau. <laughs> so we need a whole episode on that, okay. No, 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 no. Is, is the Dixon episode just, like, our metric for, like, how indulgent we can be when talking about a character? <laughs> I mean, maybe. But in, anyway, um, <laughs> I, like, I always think of uh, Lau and Doug as, like, these 
best buddies, but I don't, maybe it's been so long. I don't remember like a lot of their interactions. Um, were they, they weren't like drinking buddies, were they, or were they? They were friends. Yeah. Friends. They are no, definitely yes think, friends. I think Doug was starting to catch on to what was wrong, and maybe he was getting a bit irritated at that, like friends do, but they were definitely still friends. Mm. Yeah, besides Doug and Lynn okay. and the protagonist, I guess I don't know much else connection or connections he had. Anybody, anybody have his voice actor? Yes, Matthew Mercer. His voice actor? It's Matthew Mercer. Thank oh, you. Really? I actually wow. didn't know that. Yeah. I don't know why that's not on the wiki. Yeah, it's, uh, the- that's on the wiki. It's there. What? I'm I'm looking right for it. Okay. Oh, all right. It was hidden. It was hidden here. It didn't want to load for me. Sorry about that. Yeah. So. so Shigure. I just remember him. He plays Leon Kennedy in Resident. In some of the Resident Evil games, I think. But yeah, he did a really good job as Lal. I, it's also he's also he's also Levi in Attack on Titan. Oh, I can't I believe! I'm very amused that he's both McCree and McCready. Uh, I don't know any of those characters, but that's that's funny. Yeah, but he, he's doing well for himself, I'd say. Yeah, and I thought he did a really good job as Lal. Uh, he, he did a good job, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he really sold. He plays a jaded man very well. Yes. That's a good way to put it. And then his Japanese voice actor was Keiji Fujiwara, which the name, (laughs) that name sounds familiar, but I'm I'm not as... He passed away, apparently, recently. Keiji Fujiwara? They've been in a lot of... Uh, Yeah, I believe he passed somewhat recently. When I was trying to find information on the voice actor... Um, I'll double check that. Oh yeah, according um, to the wiki, uh, yeah, apparently they died in 2020. Oh man, that's pretty recent, I'd say. That is very. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. They've been in a lot of roles. A lot of roles, yeah. They were anybody heard his and Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, they were um, Zenzo and Gintama. Oh, so I bet. I guess if they. And ACDC and JoJo. Oh, that's oh, that sucks. I guess if they ever do make a sequel, they'll need to recast him for the Japanese version. Yeah, that's a shame. Oh, huh, apparently he used to dub over Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man and Tony Stark. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that is that is amazing. Cool. Iron Man, uh, Lao, Lao, the same character. I can see it. I can see Lao and. Iron Man. Yeah. Just. But can you see Lau being a, a billionaire playboy philanthropist? No. <laughs> Which kind of goes against everything he believes in. Yeah, Lau would hate being <laughs> Iron Man so much. <laughs> Lau, we need you to be Iron Man. No. no. Interesting no. fact. Apparently, they voice Carvana, Sharpedo, and Mega Sharpedo in Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Oh. Thanks, Wiki. Okay. Thank you, Wiki. Okay. Alright, what uh, else can we say about Lao? Without getting distracted. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. It's it almost seems like half the episode where we get distracted, but at the same time, it's like it's almost like there isn't enough about Lau. It's even though he gets more screen time than a lot of other characters. Sorry. Oh, go on. No, I was going to say, it's hard to talk about Lao without talking about the frustrations of the limits of the game, and then talking about other places where the game was frustratingly limited. Especially yep. considering that the depth of his character, he's probably the deepest and the character with the most attention in terms of the plot. Mm-hmm. And even he doesn't get enough that we can talk that much about it because it's not done. But now mm-hmm. it's been six years and it's still not done. It's like... Oh. A lot of this is very unfinished thoughts. Uh, maybe we'll have a part two. I don't know, but we there's not it'd be that nice day anymore. Part, maybe someone part. from Monolith will find this episode and be like, "Oh, snap, yeah, we maybe. should finish this, buddy." And then they do. I've said before, <laughs> if Monolith finds this show, the first thing they're doing is saying, uh, "I don't know anything about this show, but Robin is not allowed within six feet of Dixon." <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe part two will have to wait in case we ever get across to yeah <laughs> it's nice to dream if we get a Xenoblade sequel we will absolutely revisit Lao in fact I, I almost feel like if we get a sequel to Xenoblade Cross we would probably be doing multiple character episodes oh yeah that. Elma yeah. part two I, I, I hope so any sequel happens yeah. story and actually expand these things because it wasn't the focus. They rechanged the focus towards the end of development. Mm-hmm. So if they were saving it, it's got to be for the sequel, whatever it happens. Mm-hmm. Like it happens. Um, I Especially, guess. Sorry. Wait, I'm sorry. I forgot one of my biggest points that I was going to make. And this kind of goes into like concepts for the games and stuff. But mm-hmm. we yeah. mentioned how I thought it was a very deliberate choice that the game takes place in the U.S., considering its themes about colonialism and imperialism. Mm-hmm. Um, in the art book, the other two countries that received white or that received ships that would have maybe made it into the game were France and Japan, um, which yeah. I think just further hammers in that that was very intentional and that was the narrative they were going for. Um, and now, please, please expand on that. Give it to me. I, I want the bits. Mm-hmm. Especially because I think in the game, too, we have that concept art, but in the game, there's something where someone found communication logs or received a signal, and it was in French and Japanese. Um, so I don't think that concept is entirely lost, either. Maybe Elma's man No, you're Japan. right. I, I definitely remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I definitely remember something about... Um, yeah, like like something with the communications or something. I don't yeah. remember exactly. There's so much in like the art book and where it's just like, wow, why didn't you get a chance to elaborate on that? Like the one that comes most to mind is L. Yeah. Where it's just like, oh, you clearly had more ideas here, and that even shows in the game because it's just like, here's L. Now you can forget about him, and I'm like, no, I love him. Yeah. They could have at least more. brought the art book over here and translated it. If we weren't going to get more from the game at that moment, why not give us the supplementary information that they obviously thought was important because they released it? We got none of it. We didn't even get those short stories translated. No, we didn't. Wait, there was a novella? Xenoblade Cross. Uh, there were like short, four novellas. short stories that came out before Xenoblade X came out. I wouldn't necessarily... Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
I think I saw some fan translations around the time Xenoblade I think X was coming Google out. Google has translated them. Yeah. I'll track them down and put them in the show notes if I... Yeah, I'll be able to remember. Remember, Tyler. Yay! Write it down. Well, yeah... I guess, I guess, never mind. We're talking about Lao. I was going to go into a thing about L. Okay. No, I, you have well, an L episode in our schedule, so just put your so name down. Put theory on L. Go for it. Go, go, go. No, no, we have an L episode planned. Don't tell us your theory on L. What's your theory on L? <laughs> it's fine. It's yeah, just, well, I guess it's just interesting, like... Oh, go ahead. No, it's just... Oh, no... As as Robin said, we we do have an L episode at some point. So, but we can. Ooh. So there's definitely um, some things to talk about with L. But if there's something real quick you want to get right. your chest, yeah, go ahead. Well, I guess it's not pertaining to Lao, so I guess there's not really any point in getting into it. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well, then at that point, uh, is there anything else anyone wants to talk about? Uh, for Lau. Well, yeah. I, I actually have a question for, like, all of you guys. Mm-hmm. Do you have any theories about, like, you know, L and the Black Knight, and, like, what any of that might mean for the future if they were all to potentially make another game? Saga. Okay, fair enough. I already said my theory is basically that the the rook is much more powerful than they realize, and they were like, "I can't let you die because you're a special boy." Right. Yeah, it could be just there's something. Maybe <laughs> Mira is like a tiger mom, and it doesn't. Oops, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's basically it. There's just some. Stop saying there's something about this planet, Tyler. Um, but. No, that's that's, that's the, the whole the game crux of the game. Yeah, Which so is, you're fine. Counter in the video for each time we say that. Which that should just... that should be the subtitle for the game. Xenoblade Chronicles at uh, Cross. There's something about this planet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the game. Okay. The epilogue is just called the thing about this planet. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Justin? Any theories? I don't have anything. Okay. Um, I wanted to ask where people stood on the Elma versus Lao debate, where they're like, Lao's upset about, hey, why did you just pick the affluent to live? And Elma's like, well, somebody had to live? And that's how it worked out. And no, I'm not thrilled about it, but it was better than letting everybody die. How do people feel about that? Because... Yeah, that's a difficult situation, and I do think that the game does a good job of, like, not demonizing either side. Yeah, because I, I felt like... fucked up situation. That is my thoughts on it. Yeah. yeah. I definitely felt like Elma felt... I mean, she had a lot of guilt surrounding that uh, situation, but it's ultimately... I mean, she helped with Project Exodus, but um, it was... Ended up would be the the military made the decisions about who went and who stayed, right? It wasn't, like, squarely on her shoulders, right? No, right, yeah. She she didn't pick. She actually has a bit where she's just like, I don't understand why humans separate each other as much as they do. 
all of these differences that you seem to think are so huge are just very genetically insignificant. And Lau's the one who says, no, they're very important to us. You couldn't understand this. Just to amp up the scale of this, um, specifically he said there's only 20 million humans left. That means 9.98 billion people died. So that's 9.8 billion people on Lau's shoulders and 9.8 billion on her shoulders in that moment. Right. 9.8 billion. Right. Disregarding any um, uh, potential other ships that may have Their knowledge, at least. Because in that moment, they don't know anything about that. I don't even think that quest where they pick up on other languages is available till post-game. So they have no idea oh. that there's any chance. Right. It's a good point. Mm-hmm. 9.98 billion. That's a very big number, too. That's a lot of people. You can, and with a number that big, you can, yeah, you, you can understand why Lao's just like, maybe we should have just all died. Like, maybe this isn't even worth it with that many people dead just so we could survive and only barely. Like, because look at all the shit we had to do to stay alive. So. Again, I, I very much appreciate how gray they made that answer, that you don't go, Lau's definitely wrong, you don't go, Elma's definitely wrong. But it's just an easy thing to where you can go, I understand both of these characters and the incredibly difficult situation they were put in. Um, I wish I could remember... It's one of the more human, sympathetic moments that we get yeah. in the game. Because we don't get a lot of those, actually. Well, not in the, like, actual, you have to do this part of the game. In the story, that yeah. is. My bad. Yeah, yeah, I, I wish I could remember the Douglas Adams quote from Hitchhiker's Guide, where Arthur Dent is trying to, like, imagine the Earth gone, and he, like, can't. It's just too big. So he has to just, like, keep making it a smaller and smaller scale for him to understand what it means for the Earth to be gone. Yeah. Well, then, actually, hold up, there is one more layer to this. Um, and this is okay. another yep, thing we haven't even mentioned. Alma is an alien. She's not human. She's from an entirely <laughs> different planet. She could be from a planet with even more billions of people. So... I'm not saying that necessarily she doesn't understand the scale of it, but it could also be that her view on it isn't from the same context. Because mm. that number of people could be a lot smaller than she's well. I think she still would it could also be wrong. But it, at the same token, it could just be like, you saved this many people, there are only like five left of me. So yeah, it could go could either way. Why she's so dead set on helping save humanity, because she maybe already lost X amount of people of hers. Maybe she's projecting right. onto it. Because she's been there for, what, 34 years? She landed, like, in 2020? Something like that, yeah. Happy birthday, Alma. <laughs> Happy birthday! It is, <laughs> it is interesting, because I, I did always wonder what exactly was her reasoning for why she was so determined to help. Maybe it's like a chosen family um, situation. A thing for me personally, I don't know how widespread this is, but like the idea of needing this deep motivation to help others, like that's very um, U.S. American to me. Like, yeah, sometimes you don't need that. You just you help others because you 
want others to be alive and thrive. Like, people just inherently have value and should be alive. Which, we were talking about parallels to COVID. People sure do lack that. (laughs) (laughs) Not to get political. Last political comment. (laughs) Not to get political. I mean, not not to get political, but maybe... I'll take, maybe people should just be alive. Yeah. Maybe you don't need a motivation to encourage life to be alive. That's, that's true, but some of her dialogue did kind of suggest that she had, like, a spe- I, I can't think of anything specifically, so it might not be super valid, but, like, I just, I always felt like there was some sort of, like, you know, part of it might have been from the good of her heart, but I do think there was some sort of motivation there that I I couldn't quite pinpoint that. I think some of the motivation might have just been that, like, they say that the humans can defeat the Ganglion because the humans are related to the Samarians who created the Ganglion, so that might have been her her reasoning for specifically being like, I have to help humanity above, like, I have to help the Manon or any of the other races. Even considering that. I was just going to say, also, maybe she just wants people to be alive! (laughs) I was going to say, she lived there for 30 years. Think about it. 30 years for us, that's going through your entire childhood. You're going through college. You're going through several years of work. Of course they're going to get attached. So, I mean, she probably just cares. But also, can you blame her? She's been there for that long. She's had, what, to some humans, an entire life. That's true. Granted, if she's an alien... What was that? Sorry. I was saying that she arrived there with the goal of helping people. She didn't just arrive there by chance and then happen to be like, oh, actually, I like you guys. It was like, uh, I'm here, I'm gonna help you because shit's about to hit the fan. Yeah. Sometimes we all just need to be saved by a nice, lovely woman with dual pistols, dual blades. Just let her help you. It's okay. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, now that we're talking, we all about... need an Elma in our life. Yes, indeed, we do. <laughs> well, now that we're talking about Elma, now um, is there anything left for Lau? Who? Yeah, I think that answers <laughs> the question, <laughs> Tyler. Uh, <laughs> he is a nice, sad, sad man. That made some. I do really sad. like his character. Like, I, 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 I enjoyed him a lot, and I hope. We get to see more of him in Fingers crossed. the distant future. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think that this is me nice. A lot of what I love Shion for is actually in his character arc too. Um, uh-huh. So I'm very excited for whatever they do in the future. Um, I think there's a lot of potential, and I hope they actually follow that up. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yes. Right. Well, Takahashi specifically um, like talked about interest in Xenoblade 3. And cross two in an interview. I know that was fully they allow that to happen. Right. But at least like the interest is there, if nothing else. Yeah. Alright. Well if that's it, we can start wrapping up. Um Okay, so let's kinda do what we usually do and go around and if there's anything you want to plug or promote or anything like your social media you want to promote as well, you can do so. Uh, let's start with you, Justin. All right. So 
Zelathon has officially ended, and Sam is uploading the VODs from every day of Zeldathon, so if you missed all that nonsense, you can catch it on the Retro Roulette YouTube. There's a lot of great content there, a lot of us were playing games, a lot of us beat a bunch of games, so definitely check that out. As far as things I'm currently working on, I have a review that I just finished for Umihara Kawase Bazooka. That should be out very soon. I'm also working on a review for the latest Transformers, the movie release, the 35th anniversary. It is awesome. So, yeah, be on the lookout for that. And yesterday, I'm, I'm not going to fully reveal this, but yesterday, Sam and I worked on a collab project where we provided commentary for a game. So I will be plugging that once that actually gets released. It And it should be a really good time. I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. It's going to be good. Nice. Cool. Yeah. And uh, I can, if, depending on when this comes out, I can like put links to it. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it might actually be out by the time this episode is um, ready to go. Cool. I'll have to double check that, but I should. Yeah, I'll put a link in there. Um. Okay. Uh. How about you, Robin? Um. Let's see. I beat Terra Enigma, so now I'm playing Legend of Zelda because I said I would. Ooh, which one? Um. A link Between Worlds. Nice. Old, old, old Zelda. Wait, you mean Link to uh, Past? Uh. Do I? I mean, it's the one where he like it's it's old ass NES. He has to go to the dark oh, world. Oh, that's linked to the past. Is it? I, yeah. I just figured it was okay. Well, then it's that one. Whatever. <laughs> Zelda. Look, I named him Lonk, and I have not been taking any of the dialogue seriously. I just imagine every time they say his name, they're shouting it. Lonk, you need to do this. Um. Uh, I'm working on uh, what will hopefully be a series of short stories. Uh, maybe by the time this is out, the first chapter will be public. Wouldn't that be nice? Alright, that's all I'm doing. Well, if... Yeah, same thing. If this is, When this is up, out, I can put a link to the first chapter. Um, okay, uh, how about you, yeah. Chris? Yeah. Hi, I actually don't really have anything to uh, promote right now. I would do my Twitch, but I'm about to start school back up, so I'm going to be on a little bit of a hiatus. Promoting a good life. Good. Um, and trying for once. Good for you. Good. Yes, good for you and yeah. good luck. Um, Alright, uh, how about you, Elliot? Thank you. Um, I guess not anything specific. I don't really stream or anything. Uh, my Twitter, I guess, is Skateman1212. Um, I don't really have too many juicy tweets, but I pretty much just, like, retweet fan art that I really enjoy. Ooh, so, that. lots of Zelda, lots of Xenoblade. Um, so I pretty much just retweet fan art. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing really to plug, but, uh, just thank you guys for having me on here. It was a blast. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, of course, yeah. We'd you're love to you're have welcome you to come board. back. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Was, I'd love to. Awesome. Um. Well, as for me, I don't. I've just been very, very busy with life stuff, and I'm hoping I'll be able to 
do other side projects more, but uh, I don't know. Um, anyway, um, so as far as the podcast goes, um, let's see. We just finished the villains episode, um, or episode. Sorry, um, we are. Potentially gonna try to have because it's almost our three year anniversary. This probably won't be relevant because this will come out afterwards. But we're gonna try to see if we can squeeze out a, a special episode in time for it. But we'll see what happens. Other than that, I don't know what the future may hold, but um, we will uh, keep you all updated on our Twitter, which is at Zenochat Podcast and you can always email us at uh Zenochat Podcast at gmail dot com. Um also I've I've never said this on an episode, but if you guys want, I guess you could like and like like our episodes on like iTunes and whatnot. I don't know how that works. Um and comments. Man, that's so ashamed. I know. Yeah. Tell people to like them. Like, comment, and subscribe to Zenochat. Yeah, like, Remember, hey, you're not that like, like button. You, you haven't done that thing where you say only X percent of people are subscribed to us, so you're fine. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Come and on, then, guys. Like, maybe you know, everybody's you know feel really like bad about it. Yeah. Um, you know you want to like Zenochat. You don't want to make me disappointed now, do you? Oh. Come on. <laughs> Guilt trip. Uh, uh, anyway, okay, yeah. It's okay, we'll do it if you don't mind. Aw, thanks, guys. Uh, but anyway, uh, thanks again for everyone for joining me tonight. It was fun. Um, and uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And mm. uh, just have a good night, everybody. Thanks, you too. Take care, folks. Good night. Bye-bye. the game warning i know i just i just started obs i don't it's it's not a big deal um okay so like we got obs started so let's do a countdown for i think we should just play all of them at once okay so we're gonna do a countdown i'm just gonna leave audacity okay are you doing a countdown should i stop audacity oh my god i'm sorry um, My audacity's been going. Oh, your audacity's so been going. So should I stop it? Just keep it going. Just, Let, let's just okay, keep it going. Gonna okay, keep... let's. Okay, I'm gonna start it. Let's start audacity if you haven't already. Um. <sighs>
Okay, sorry. Okay. This is this is a very weird episode. <laughs> okay, wait. Uh, Chris, when you start your audacity, just say start, and that way we will we will know when to edit in your audio. Okay, or, like, ready? Three, two, one, start. Okay. okay so now you're you're okay. So now we're sticking to that. Great. Okay. All right. Yay. Okay. All right. So let me do the spiel. Um. All right. <laughs> Not what I was hoping to run into. Okay. Well, moving. <laughs> on. All right. Let's let's get let's get political. Go on, Chris. <laughs> uh, wait. Before we do, I was gonna ask: Can we take like a five minute break really quick? I'm so sorry. Oh. Yeah. Um. Uh, we'll keep her. Uh, okay. Hang keep on. recording. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. We'll we'll keep this. Yeah, just keep recording. Okay. Five minute break as though the moment that Reddit Tyler is a fluffy baby is it like immediately a sign of a break. I saw it. I was gonna say it, but I'm like, should I? Nah. I I'll, I'll spare Tyler that. Like, <laughs> again, it was just once he said I can't see any updates, I'm like, Haha, I have an update for you. Uh, and I was just paranoid. I was like, you're just messing with me. It doesn't actually say that on the document, does it? But it probably Oh, it, it said it. I just didn't want to say it out loud. Oh it's right there. God. Yeah, it's the second note, actually. I put it right at the top above his right Oh my gosh. <laughs> How dare you. Hi, Liz. A fluffy baby. <laughs> Thank you. Why <laughs> somebody had the guts to say it as it is written? <laughs> Your size is about to become a liability. Um, we're taking a five minutes. Should I grab another beer is the question. Oh, yeah. I poured myself more whiskey, and I'm now okay, then, done uh, with the bottle. Oh, hold on. Let me, let me, let me suck that rip. drop out the bottle. Even though I got a glass of it. Oh, all right. Let's get, let's get that tongue in there. Oh, there beers. we go. Oh. <laughs> what? <sighs> I gotta get more whiskey. Well, I'm tempted to grab a drink, but do it, 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 do it. Okay, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. Yay! I pressured Tyler into doing something stupid. Buckle up, cause we're doing this. What's going on, Elliot? Oh, sorry, I thought. Someone else is saying something. Um, before we start recording or getting back into it, I guess I kind of want to ask: Is anyone else like really stoked for Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0, or is it just me? Tyler is. Tyler is. So yes, I am so I, excited. I know he was looking to do like a little watch party or something. So maybe, maybe DM him. We need to watch the other ones. Because like watching the other movies, I trust Netflix and not. Yeah. Oh, I I would be more excited about or it, but I'm not watching that. I've I'm like, have you? I like the series well enough, but I've I haven't had a chance to watch the movies. Yeah, they are. They definitely don't compare to the original. I'll, I'll say that. I mean, they're kind of their kind of completely their own thing. I would say. Yeah, I'm I'm interested. It's just I. I don't hate them you, like some people do, but I only really think 2.0 it was really worth existing as a whole new series, if that makes sense. Right. 
Did you? I don't know. You saw end of it, end of Evangelion, though. No, I, I saw I saw Evangelion. Oh my gosh! I saw the last episode of Evangelion. Does that count? This thing needs a recliner feature. How am I supposed to sleep? Hello. 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 Oh, okay. Hi. Do you have any idea how ridiculous that sounds? Damn it, fat kids! Deal. Stop showing me booty shorts because they look really tempting and comfortable. Wait, send me a link. Send me a link. Send me Hold a link. On. Hold on. Thank you. Yeah, I was um. <laughs> I, w- I met up with an old high school friend uh, last weekend, and he was wearing booty shorts, and he was, t- he was t- telling me about how comfortable they are, and I'm like, you know, I kind of want to get in on that. <laughs> are, are you going to get the ones that says, like, God can't kill me? The ones that say what? God can't kill me. Oh, that's get tempting. The ones that say juicy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, juicy or so low. Yeah! Okay, I'm back. Oh, are you back? Oh, yeah, great! You, you guys... Um, We're discussing which booty shorts we'd wear. Have you seen yeah. the, Tesla, the Tesla booty What color shorts? do you think I should wear, Tyler? Wait. I have not seen the Tesla booty shorts. So they say Tesla on the back, and uh, they're priced at... Uh, what is it? Sixty-nine dollars and forty-two cents. So it's sixty-nine four twenty. Um, just to answer your question, I'd say either blue or yellow. Blue or yellow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think I can yeah. rock. That. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. The only booty shirts I would get are ones that say Dawkins do not interact. But never talk to me, Dawkins. Ever. I put a lot of vodka in that. Oh no! <laughs> now you're also gonna not want Dawkins to talk to you. <laughs> what? What to talk to me? You don't want Richard Dawkins to talk to you ever. Oh, okay. I'm I'm cool with that. You vote Richard Dawkins? <laughs> yeah, I, I vaguely am aware of him. Now we're gonna get hate from people who love Richard Dawkins. I, I, I mean, I don't. I, yeah, how can you not like Doc? It's the greatest thing ever. You must be religious if you don't like Duckins. Religion There's in a... my podcast. The the mention of religion in my podcast. Didn't we have a whole episode on Jesus Christ? Technically, um, superstar. Yes, uh, we we have religion in Zena. <laughs> I say we. I wasn't there for it. Yes, I was. We the we as in Zeno chat. My super fans. Yeah, it was a good episode. So, it uh, got cut into two episodes, but yeah. Oh, okay. Are we I need to re-listen to that one. It was good. Yes. I don't sleep well is what I do. Uh, quick quick side note. Can you guys, you can still hear me fine and everything? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep, you sound fine. Okay. Because up in the top of Discord, it says connecting Xenochat recording studio. No, you and should still be good. We, I'm pretty sure we're all still getting your audio. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, we can hear you. My side? Here, let me yeah. go. Alright, it's not green anymore, it's, it's yellow, so I was just a little bit, it was red a second ago, so I was like, you better make sure that it's coming through okay. Oh, yeah. Yep, yeah, it's still recording your audio. Mm-hmm. Alright, cool. Maybe double-checked, we're good. Okay. Um, oh, so, there's a... Oh, yeah. 
future. Oh, sorry. I was just saying, oh, glorious host, guide us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, thanks. 